Hi everyone, welcome to the Two Cents Footy Podcast, and we're on episode 8, and uh, welcoming Joe Bellingham's favourite fan and love child, uh, JP. And the man of many languages and accents, and Kate Abdo's counterpart, Jeff Smith. Uh, Kate Abdo's counterpart, yeah, I can speak a bit of German. Ein bisschen Deutsch. I think she has, um, I think it might be with like five languages she can speak or something silly like that. That's right, yeah. English, Spanish, French, German, and Scouse. So that's that's <laughs> a skill set. Uh, welcome. So, uh, yeah, this week we are going to cover the Ballon d'Or. And we're going to be doing our legendary pie in a pint uh, set. Although this week uh, we are missing Lewis Dunk's favourite fan, John. Um, busy this week. And uh, yeah, he'll be joining us again next week. Um, so yeah, first of all, the Ballon d'Or. My God, what a what a career in the lineups of all three who got to the shortlist of Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi and Erling Haaland. Learn, uh, which resulted in uh, Messi winning the ultimate prize, uh, yet another Ballon d'Or. And uh, JP, what did you, what did you make? Did you did you agree with the result? Yeah, interesting one. I mean, obviously, great result for Messi as eighth Ballon d'Or. Um, yeah, there was. I mean, I think there's a bit of controversy in there, to be honest. I think, obviously, it's great for Messi that he's won the Ballon d'Or, but for me, Erling Haaland was the standout player of the of last year, um, winning the treble with Man City, bag full of goals, 52 goals and 53 appearances, wins the pinnacle of European football in the Champions League, Premier League and the FA Cup. 36 goals in the Premier League as well, so I mean, top goal scorer and he absolutely blew blew the, the league away last year. So, I mean, it's hard to look past that for me. I mean, Messi, in terms of his stats, he's had 32 goals for PSG and, and into Miami. Um, 16 in League One. Uh, I think he's got 11 in the US. I mean, obviously he's won the World Cup. Um with Argentina, which is a huge, huge achievement, and League One with uh, PSG last year. So I'm not trying to downplay what he's done, but for me, Haaland is the standout out of those. I mean, Mbappe's obviously got great figures as well, but I think he's only won League One um, in the last year, I think. So I can understand why he's in third. But yeah, I think a bit of controversy around that top place, Jeff. Hmm, yeah, I uh, well, I, I personally think Haaland should have easily won it. He just blew the field away, uh, blistering statistics uh, at Man City in his first season. And um, in fact, yeah, he, what is he, he got 36 goals in 35 appearances in last year's Premier League um, and, and just blew the field away despite Kane still being at Spurs. Uh, but then, you know, the counter, isn't it, that 
Messi has had this illustrious career with the World Cup um, culminating in that. But yeah, given, given it's based upon the most recent season and that Man City won the treble, it's hard to see other than Haaland. But I don't know, what do you, what do you think? Do you think Messi, having won the World Cup, should have won it anyway? I mean, I think there is a, there is, for me, there is a counter-argument um, to why Messi has won it. For me personally, the World Cup is the biggest competition or the biggest trophy you can win as a football player. Uh, that's just my personal opinion on it. I mean, people might have their own thoughts, but I think when I look back when I was younger and when we're all dreaming of, of being superstar footballers, there was probably two trophies that I would have wanted to, to win. One was the World Cup. Um, and the other one, which might surprise people, but it's actually the FA Cup. Um, I think back when we were younger, that had a a lot more prestige about it as well. But for me, the World Cup just tops tops everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with Messi now winning the World Cup, it probably cements him as, as um, John would say, it, the goat of the game, um, probably even above Cristiano Ronaldo. So I think there is a point in there. I mean, he's obviously, he's got 32 goals, which is still, it's, you can't sort of laugh at that. That's still really good numbers. So he's had, he's had a good season. And so I think because of that World Cup um, trophy, I think that's why he's won it. And I can see how that's been given. Okay, fair enough. No, I, I I can understand your point of view. I'm surprised you didn't mention the Papa John's trophy as one that you must win. <laughs> uh, that very prestigious that one, Jeff. <laughs> exactly. Think of the of the of the stuffed crust, salivating pepperoni, or oh. lashings of of garlic, which will ruin your breath for the next week. <laughs> Might need and to it's get, also, um, yeah. Might need to get Papa Johnson's food doll for dinner tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, something like number one four in your phone. <laughs> but no, um, points aside, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we've also said this before this, the run-up, we, you know, considered, you know, Julian Alvarez, Ilkay Gundogan, even Rodri, what unbelievable combinations and, and contributions to the Man City treble they provided. Yeah, I think there's probably an argument. I'm not sure what you think, Jeff. Um, maybe even around Mbappe being in third. Um, mm. Don't get me wrong, 41 goals in 43 appearances is, is unbelievable. Really? But in, in terms of those Man City players where you've got, I mean, Julian Alvarez is probably the most decorated player in that whole year. He's won a World Cup and and the treble, so Champions League, Premier League, and FA Cup. So I mean, I know he does he doesn't play regularly for Man City, which I can see maybe why that's why he's not in that top three. But he's the most decorated player out of all of them over the last year. So there's maybe an argument that maybe him or even Rodri, I think could have been third place instead of Mbappe. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what your thoughts are around Mbappe being third or if someone could have pushed into that top three. Um, there's a really good case for Alvarez, as you, as you just said. 
He he's won everything in the last season, and the Ballon d'Or is based upon the last season. Uh, I don't know. They could be there could be criteria to spread this geographically, you know, to get the widest viewership and representation to watch the awards and to give it credibility. That's possible, you know, because you you could just have had Kevin De Bruyne, Haaland, and and Rodri as the three. Obviously, Pep would be looking on smugly, but you would, you'd think that is, that's almost like groupthink, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the, I guess the official ranking for Alvarez, and he came seventh. So, don't know, is that a bit harsh on him? Mm, I mean, the cat. Yeah, the other way to look, to think about it is he, as you said, had little, not say little, but a, a less sizable contribution. And, and was more an, almost like an impact sub. Mm, yeah, I mean, having looking at the rankings, they have ranked Rodri and De Bruyne both ahead of them in fourth and fifth. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I th- for me, I think, I, mean, I think maybe Rodri's the strongest case maybe to put into that top three if anyone was going to. Um, I mean, Obviously, he won't have the stats that the attackers have in terms of goals, assists, and and thing, and all the, I guess the the really cool stats. But I think for me, he's probably the best defensive midfielder in the world. And it's it's almost like back in the um, day of when Barcelona were were flying high, and they had Sergio Busquets in that in that pivot, just and he just controlled the tempo of the whole game and made those sort of did that sort of dirty work I guess and I think Rodri's now established himself into a very similar role and he's I would admit I'd say he's almost untouchable at Moan uh, Rodri in that sort of CDM role hmm just strange yeah just look re-looking at the criteria you know just talk about team performance individual um and then there's the player behaviour and fair play so you've got to think maybe even <laughs> Rodri getting a red card this season could have could have had some bearing on the the ultimate assessment mm, yeah <clears throat> potentially I mean I do think the, the Ballon d'Or is, tends to be quite um, harsh on players of that kind of position and, and it's the same with goalkeepers it's very very hard for them to I guess get the recognition that sometimes they deserve. Um, when you got got players like Mbappe and Haaland scoring forty plus goals mm. in a season, it's very hard for someone to say like Martin um, Emmy Martinez, who's won a World Cup and played a pivotal part of the Argentina squad um, in terms of penalty shootouts and stuff. And he's been great for Aston Villa as well, mm. um, who are on on some great form and they're obviously in Europe. So. I mean, even he, he's had an outstanding season and, you know, how is he meant to, you know, compete for sort of a Ballon d'Or when you've got attackers getting those kind of numbers? So, yeah, I do feel for those kind of positions, I think. Question. Do you think we're going to get an English footballer in the top three next time round? I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Um, I reckon it will be Jude Bellingham. Um, who will um, he's obviously had a blistering start for Real Madrid I can see him carrying it on 
Having said mm-hmm. that, Harry Kane could be another shout as well. I think they're the two likelihoods. If we're going to get anyone within the top three, I believe it would be Jude Bellingham or Harry Kane next year. I think they've both got great chances of getting success in Europe. Um, obviously, they're domestic leagues. Um, they'll, I think they'll have a very good chance. So, yeah, I think either of those two, if, if I was to put any, any money on it. <laughs> It does make you wonder, yeah, because with Ronaldo out of the equation, Messi into Miami approaching, you know, at 36 plus, it's more likely to reside in English football's hands, in English football's hands. Yeah, I do think it's probably the last year we'll see Messi win it. I mean, I can't see him getting in the shortlist playing for into Miami. Um I mean, I know things have improved and we kind of see highlights of him scoring great free kicks and assists over in in the States. But I just can't help thinking about watching David Beckham's documentary and the standard of football when he was there. It just (laughs) it's just nowhere near the leagues in in Europe. And I know it's it's improved, but it's still not going to be great compared to the European leagues, I don't think. Yeah, on the, on the Beckham Netflix documentary, it's really telling like when he's passing a perfectly crafted corner and it's getting not even folks within a foot of the ball and it's just going out and you just see Landon Donovan pulling out shards of hair from his scalp. It's, it's not the same as the Premier League. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, <laughs> a question for, for you, Jeff, as well, as we're sort of talking about these leagues. You obviously got the MLS, but how likely do you think it'll be that we see someone from Saudi, the Saudi league, potentially getting into a Ballon d'Or shortlist? I mean, I'm thinking potentially more someone that's had success maybe internationally. So maybe like a Karim Benzema or something who's playing over in Saudi Arabia. Maybe next year they win the Euros. Is, is there a chance that we see a Saudi Arabian player in there interesting comment so i mean it's it's more the the viewership as well is so tiny so small fry a tiny profile 697 fans watching jordan henson and steven gerrard as we were we may have mentioned previously it it's going to be hard to see that the quality will be anywhere near the standard of the Bundesliga, Serie A, um, Premier League, for instance. Um, I, I see what you're saying. If, for example, God forbid, France win Euro 2024 with Karim Benzema getting, I don't know, a brace in the final, there's an, and his team in the Saudi League win it, there's an, there's an argument for that. Mm. That sounds like torture to me, although it would be just deserved. But I, I, for me, I could see the, the shortlist, but I won't see a Saudi win. I don't know, what, what do you reckon if you saw, let's say, not Henderson, but like uh, <laughs> Laporte or Mitrovic just go absolute worldy? With the Benzema example, if he was to win the Euros, I could maybe see him getting a top 10, depending on how, I guess, many goals he was to score in the competition. And like you said, if he was to get a brace in the final, I could maybe see that getting a top 10. Um, However, I think unless he has a blinding Euros, 
I think yeah, it's a short a short list maybe at a push. Um, I would say it's more likely for a player in Saudi to get on the short list than it would be someone in the MLS. I see. Yeah, no, that was for our viewers. There was a bunch of interesting balloons that went up John's screen. I don't know <laughs> I... if he's just been hacked by some attack vector. I think so. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> That's I'm the tripping major... out. <laughs> We're moving on to Pie in a Pint, our new segment where we're trying to congratulate uh, our could be player, could be team, dependent on what we think, uh, a refreshing pint, and where we want to give them some constructive feedback with a with a pie. So, uh, JP, um, who's your firstly? Who's your pie? Who's your pint, and why? So my my pie is going to Neil Mo- uh, Mope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it! Jeff just almost spit his tea out. <laughs> My little seed teas just got over the keyboard. <laughs> Did that one keep get you off guard? <laughs> Neil Moipoy. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to Neil Moipoy, despite Brentford beating Chelsea two <laughs> 0 and. The reason why I'm giving it to Neil Mope is essentially it was last um, sort of minute of the game. Chelsea had a corner. Goalkeeper comes up for Chelsea. Brentford clear it, and Mope has the ball running through on goal with no goalkeeper in there, and inst- he gets to like I don't know ten yards, and he decides to pass it to. Um, Oh, he was, I forgot what the other the other guy might be Mbwembo. Mbwembo. Um, it's like a kind of bueno, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then he decides to pass it to Mbwembo, although he had no Mbwembo. Oh, Mbwembo. <laughs> yeah. And so, despite Mope having not scored for a whole load of games, he still decided, no, I don't fancy scoring, so... Yeah, that's why I'm giving it to that. I think just put it in the net, son. Get your goal. Get the the hoodoo off your back of not scoring. So, yeah, unfortunately, Mope, you're getting a pie in the face from me this week. What flavoured pie? Hmm, what am I feeling today? Maybe a chicken and sweet corn. Hot or cold? We're going to go cold this week. He deserves a cold pie for that. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a pot noodle sort of sliding down someone's face, doesn't it? Yeah. It's little mushroom pieces. Yeah. Um, but moving on to pint. So my pint of the week is going to go to Eddie and Keskia of Arsenal for getting a, a very nice hat-trick against Sheffield United on the weekend on their 5-0 drubbing of Sheffield United. Uh, hat trick for Eddie, and a very well taken one at, at that as well. Some very well taken finishes. So, yep, he's going to get a nice cold, cool light from me. Um, and yeah, great to see him on form um, and sort of getting the goals while Gabby Jesus is out injured. Yeah, he was uh, very selfless when 
he um, could have got a fourth goal, couldn't he? And then gave the ball to, was it Fabio Vieira uh, to get his first goal for Arsenal, who actually won the penalty. So, uh, yeah, he could have joined, what was it, Thierry Henry and uh, Andre Arshevin. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that probably reminds some of our listeners to, to um to do some personal hygiene. But um moving on from that, but yeah, no, well deserved from, from Eddie and Ketia. And so Jeff, how are you feeling for your pie of the week? <laughs> <laughs> I found this one a quite a tough one because there was a lot of pints this week. I'm trying to be positive because you know, let's do let's do that. Even though the clocks have gone back slightly and it's a bit darker in the evenings, there's. I'm going to give it to Manchester United's defence, again. Uh, <laughs> just got annihilated by Man City. Um, in fact, they're playing Newcastle in the Carabao Cup as we record. But yeah, the again the the level of space, the internal conflicts, the lack of perceived effort at the back, and and some several bizarre changes in in a sense where you had um, kind of Johnny Evans back in his first Manchester derby in eleven years, uh, alongside Victor Lindelof, and it's a nervy defence against such a pacey attack with Rodri firing on all cylinders, Foden, Grealish. Uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one to to congratulate Eric Ten Hag in tandem with losing Bobby Charlton, which RIP. But the Glazers also not appearing to have a long-term strategy in terms of where the club's going to go, whether it's um, the... Uh, could, I think Qatar pulled out, didn't they? But they they still have Jim Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. I goes to Manchester United's defence after Maguire's done so well. <laughs> and uh, what what pie are you going to give them? Um, I think for this week it's going to be a pie filled with coffee and ginkgo biloba. I mean, that sounds exotic. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, that's that's for them. It's it's going to improve their concentration next week. Yeah, I think they need a, a caffeine hit after that display. <laughs> yeah, pint. England's captain, Harry Kane, eight nil win, rubbing on the weekend, and. Uh, he got if you if my maths isn't incorrect, they got he got a hat trick uh, at the weekend uh, against Darmstadt. Yes, fifty one sixty nine and eighty eight, including an absolute worldy second goal from the halfway line, akin to what Beckham had done back in the late nineties. Reference to the Netflix documentary. Uh, he is just on cracking form, and it's salivating the hope that he will absolutely annihilate the French next year in retaliation for what happened before. Yeah. Closely, I mean, the point could have also gone to Jude Bellingham, Manchester City, <laughs> Jurgen Klopp, uh, and Tony Mowbray, perhaps, you know. Yeah, great female one for the lads on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, but, no, absolutely. 
But uh, no, that that Harry Kane goal was unbelievable. <laughs> um, and even even um, yeah, like you say, we keep we keep raving about them, Harry Kane and Jude Bellingham. But even Jude Bellingham scored an absolutely thunderbolt at the weekend of the goal against Barca and. Uh, single-handedly got them over the line against Barca. He got a double against them. I think his second goal was literally in the last minute as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're raving about them, but they keep performing. So, yeah, great hope for um, Euro 2024 next year. If any of our listeners have bubble wrap, please donate them to Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. That, that is desperately needed. Cause as, yeah, as JP, you just mentioned, Bellingham has just angled them across the line even though you had Gundogan and, and Cancelo actually kind of on form for Barcelona uh, yeah it's, uh, it's tantalising so yeah they are phenomenal yeah 8-0 win for Harry Kane on the weekend and just continues performing so a great signing for Thomas Tuchel is that going to be a nice cold beer of Erdinger, German Erdinger beer? <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, a very nice cold Weiss beer. Uh, perfect for the German markets, Christmas markets that are coming up. Very good. Amazing. So a short one for this week. Um, we... We want John to come back for next week. We hope he's not stuck in the Amex and they've thrown away the key. There's going to be uh, quite a bit to come up, so we're, we're actually approaching yet another international break in a couple of weeks. So there's going to be you know, a really tantalising fixture in the Championship with Leicester v Leeds. Uh, Newcastle versus Arsenal in competition for the Champions League. And Spurs versus Chelsea on Monday. Um, who has Sunderland got, uh, JP? No. We are we're away to Swansea, um, so yeah, down in Wales. Is Swansea any good? Um, I think. I mean, they haven't. I don't think they they're getting the points at the moment. I mean, they're always. I mean, for Sunderland, they're always a bit of a, a banana skin. I think they they beat us, and we might have drawn against them last year. So they're a team we tend to slip up against. So it'll be good to try and turn them over this time round. In um, in Wales, but I think we've we've had a few. I mean, we lost three on the bounce against Borough, um, uh, Leicester, and uh, who was the other one? Forgot who the other team was. We but we lost three on the bounce. Um, so yeah, the Norwich win at the weekend came at a really good time. So yeah, hopefully we can get a, a back-to-back victory. But that's yeah, that'll be good to see. Awesome. How about um, Swindon? Swindon have had a turn in fortunes to their 10th in League 2 after several defeats. Uh, it's long-suffering. Although this weekend they're in the FA Cup against Aldershot, who are in the National League, so there's a 17-place difference between the two. One must think they should be able to scrape through uh, across the line. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a little bit of a, a, a bounce back in the FA Cup. And Brighton have Everton at Goodison. So, yeah, that you'd, you'd expect Brighton to have, you know, more than almost half probability of winning that one. 
uh, and, and kind of bouncing back from the slightly mixed results that they've had recently against Man City and Fulham. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, Ballon d'Or sorted, high and a pint. Uh, JP, thanks again. Good to see you as always, Jeff. All right, good to see you, JP. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Um, look forward to hearing from you next time and send your questions in um, to the Two Cents Footy podcast. We'll stick it in the description. Have a good weekend. See you soon. Cheers.